And a happy holidays and welcome. It's another edition of the TD Club. It's a special edition of the TD Club. Mike Mastovich is joining me from across the virtual table. You can find him on Twitter at Masty81. I can be found on Twitter. I am Sean Curtis at SeanCurtis430. And what we're going to do in this episode of the TD Club is give a little insight on how our all-area team for the 2021 season was built. We're not going to give away the all-area team. You're going to have to get a paper on Saturday or visit TribDem.com to get that information. But what we're going to do, uh, Mike especially, is going to – we're going to explain how this team came together. And it's an amalgamation of coach nominations. I We have 22 head coaches in this area, and – that's a lot of time on the phone, as Mike experienced uh, in the past couple of weeks. Mike, what goes into when you're talking to a coach, how you get the nominations, not only from the coaches' teams, but from the teams that they play? Yeah, it's one of those processes that uh, we've been doing it so long. It's worth mentioning that this actually is the 30th anniversary of the Tribune Democrat all-area football team in its present uh, form. We started this in 1992. And over the years, it's evolved, and we have a, a pretty solid system in place here. And uh, basically what happens, uh, once, mainly once all of our teams are eliminated, but if uh, somebody's playing for the state semis or state finals, you kind of got to juggle a few things. And uh, we've, fortunately, we've had that scenario a few times in recent years. So as you said, we have 22 teams in the coverage area, 22 head coaches. And what I like to do is I start uh, – reaching out to them. Uh, now we have a lot more technology at our fingertips where you can give them a text, uh, hey, can I reach out to you on Tuesday at three or, or things like that. So it's a lot easier to, to get guys instead of the days when you had to worry about uh, nobody answering the phone or a busy signal or you're not there when they're there, etc. So uh, what we do is call each coach and they, uh, most of the veterans know the system. So as soon as I call, they know what's going to happen. And I kind of run through it with them. Let's hear it from you, coach. Um, who do you think on your team, you know, is a legitimate guy to be considered for first or second team? Uh, how many guys do you feel maybe might be honorable mention picks? And we go through that. And a lot of times they'll provide me uh, in writing, they'll send me emails with their explanations. While they're talking to me, I type in everything. As you know, that's something that I, I'm, I'm used to doing. I'm pretty fast at. So uh, you have a great record of what they feel about their own team. And then we run down. I have the file set up for each coach. I go through their entire schedule against teams in our coverage area. So if they played somebody outside of our coverage area in the playoffs or if they played, uh, for instance, the Laurel Highlands teams will play teams like Central and Bishop uh, Wilford, uh, two teams that uh, even though our teams play them, they're technically not in the Tribune Democrat coverage area or in the Heritage Conference. There are a lot of teams that aren't in our coverage area, and we have the four teams that are. But anyway, uh, we go through each coach goes down and say, he says, like, um, uh, we played Richland. This guy looked great against us. This guy's strong. This guy's a great lineman. Then we played Westmont. Then we played Connemore Valley. Then we played – they go through and uh, give input on their opponents. So you get a great uh, – a great foundation. And as you get more and more coaches, you start seeing a lot of names that are repeated 
over and over. And if, if you have a, a guy like Damon Crawley who led the state in rushing, obviously everybody talks about four stills is going to mention his name or a Kellen Stahl who threw for 2,777 passing yards. You know, everybody's going to mention his name. So uh, you get that kind of input. And then also the great stuff is when they start talking about the linemen, the guys that are, you know, maybe a little harder for the average person to notice. And that's, that's really I was going to mention that. Yeah. Because that, I think, is where, where we get the most help from the coach's input. Because, like, when you or I or Jake Oswald or, you know, one of our many uh, correspondents go to cover a football game, you know, we will notice what the line does, but we're not really looking, you know, at, like, one out of five to see what they do. Like, obviously, if a team's strong up front, you're going to know it. But you may not know that, you know, this kid who's a right guard – is an absolute stud unless like you absolutely 100% know to look at what he does. Yes, exactly. And they, they, they give you so much great insight. And then, then you start, like if you get the review, uh, some video, a clip or something that was on Twitter or on huddle or whatever, they used to see that look at number 77, look at 62. And then you start uh, just realizing, wow, you know, that's, that's where you pick up so much great information from the coaches and one great thing, I, I was able to talk to all 22 coaches in our coverage area this year, um, and it, it was great, um, great experience. You get to just re recap the whole season and uh, talk about the high points. Sometimes you, you review the hardships and, uh, you know, how guys had to deal with tough losses and things like that. But, but you gain so much valuable information. And um, the one thing about our guys, too, they're, they're very honest. Uh, there's, there's not people there trying to – you know, just pad their guys and, and ignore other teams' guys. It's, you know, they know the system. Uh, whenever I'm calling them, they know, like, they'll say, like, this guy definitely is worthy of first-team consideration. And, and this guy's good. He's going to be real good down the road. He's probably an honorable mention pick. And the honesty and respect is, uh, you know, something that's mutual there. And they know that if they're, they're giving me legit information, then, you know, you trust that information. It's just kind of a rapport is built when you're doing this for 15 or 20 years in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just, just something that um, is, comes, comes more natural each year. And uh, this year I, I, you know, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, it, it was definitely um, a difficult experience. A lot of times I find myself remembering uh, Corey would do this, Corey would do that. And uh, we were talking today how she would always bring in cookies at this time of the year. And so everybody misses Corey Eisenberg and, and the contributions she always made to this all area team. And so the coach's input is only, it's a fraction of what we do. Not, not a small fraction. It's a very significant part of what we yeah. do, but there's also the discussion amongst the sports staff at the Tribune Democrat. And this year, I, Mike did yeoman's work on this. Um, he had, by my count, by around the end of this past week, about seven different versions of what we were looking at for first team, second team, and honorable mention. And there'd be guys slotted in and added on and so forth and so on. And then finally, I, I think – when I left the office on Sunday, we had like our final version. So, and a lot of that comes down to just a discussion between Jake Oswald, Mike Mastovich and myself to 
say, okay, hey, like, you know, we really like this guy. Like, well, this guy, you know, we got to get this guy on the first team somewhere. And then when you get to the of the year category, you know, you have your offensive player of the year, your defensive player of the year, your overall player of the year, and then coaches of the year, it, it gets to a point where like that you can get into heated discussions about that. I felt this year was pretty easy in the of the year discussion. I think there could have been different directions that we could have gone, but I, I like without saying who's in what spot, I like what we did with this year's edition of major awards. Yeah. And, and back to the coaches, like what I do um, and you, you're well aware of this. I, I mark, especially for the of the year awards, uh, and it always comes into play with coach of the year and sometimes co-coaches of the year. Uh, we, we actually have the actual total number of votes that uh, each coach like said this guy's name or that guy's name, and, and we tallied it up, and it was so close this year. And then for the players of the years, uh, there was three or four names just kept coming up over and over and over, and all of them were so versatile that, you know, you could say like, yeah, this guy could be the player of the year, but so could this guy. And he could be the offense player of the year. And he could also be the defense player. They were some really talented people out there this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, when people see uh, the all area, you know, we, we've uh, recognized uh, these people who are so worthy. And again, the all area team information will be in the print edition of the Tribune Democrat on Saturday, December 25th, a little extra Christmas present for you. And it's also going to be online at tribdem.com. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. And with the print edition, you get, you get to the point where Mike did, again, yeoman's work because a lot of copy had to be written and it was it came from Mike's keyboard. It came from Mike Mastovich. And approximately how many stories did you write? And then also you have the player bios for the first team, which are, you know, 25, 26 little mini stories. Yeah, exactly. That was, um, well, there, there's a, a story for um, player of the year, a story for offense player of the year, a story for defense player of the year, uh, a story for coach of the year. Then there's a story how the team is built which explains who's in the coverage area how we call the coaches different ways we look at things how people are only allowed to be either on offense or defense even though a lot of people are worthy on both uh you 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 know we just explain how the team is built and that story has basically been used 30 straight years with just molding it and changing it uh, each year to update it and so going into now with the first team, you're going to have head and shoulder shots. We call them mug shots of everybody on that first team. And sometimes we can get by with our photographers who go out during camps in August and we'll get headshots of players who the coaches say, well, this, this kid's going to stand out. This one's going to stand out. You know, we really expect a lot from this guy. And then other, you know, sometimes we have holes. And again, this is where our coaches come through. And sometimes it's the athletic directors at the respective schools who come through because we're going to get, if you're on our first team, we're going to get your picture in the paper. And sometimes it's got to be a school picture because there have been over the years, many breakthrough players who just came out of nowhere, or at least were not really flying on the radar. And all of a sudden, you know, you're talking about a kid who just had a monster year on either side of the football. Yeah. And uh, 
this is a good point to give some well-deserved credit to um, three of our, uh, our photographers, John Rakoski, Todd Berkey, and Thomas Slusser. Uh, they all do a great job shooting, or, and in Tom's case, he does a lot of uh, the, the desk work uh, to, to make the pictures, what you see them in the paper. And John is, um, he's on it from day one in camp. He goes and does all the camps and Todd does camps. But uh, John has a pretty good system too, uh, where he tells the coach, hey, you know, could you send over four or five guys who were uh, – and, and some coaches don't like when you say it this way, but, like, we need guys who are going to be stars or have a lot of touchdowns or a lot of points or things like that. So, like, it's kind of a balancing act because you want to say that in a way that doesn't – you know, because coaches are going to say, hey, everybody's on the team. I'm not going to single out a person. And so he goes into camp and gets five or six guys' head and shoulders photos right there. And we can use those throughout the year. Say if a guy has a five-touchdown game. Uh, Damon Crawley did that a couple of times this year. <laughs> you have his photo on file because Coach Justin Myers said, Damon, go over there with John Rakowski, get your picture taken. Yeah. So the linemen are uh, – that's a little bit tougher. And we had a place kicker this year. Like they're not as marquee guys. So John and I had a talk the other night. We said, you know what? We have to start telling the coaches, and give us one or two of your best offensive linemen too. So uh, just, just to have those on file at the end of the year like this, we had almost uh, probably 90% of them at our fingertips already, and we just had to fill in a few blanks this year. And, again, that it makes the process so much easier uh, having been somebody who has laid out multiple versions of the all-area team in the print edition to not have to worry about where the photos are coming from because they're already in our system. So kudos to our photographers. Again, John Rakoski, Thomas Slesser, Todd Berkey. And, you know, we've had some uh, freelance photographers over the year that have helped us out during camps when one of our guys couldn't quite maybe get to, you know, one of our uh, further reaching schools or just had too much going on on a day when one of maybe a nearby school, you know, had their media day happening as well. So, you know, it, it, it's a team effort all around. You know, football's a team sport. You know, covering football also is a team sport. All right, so again, this is Saturday in the print edition of the Tribune Democrat and then also online at tribdem.com. It's our 2021 all-area football team. First team, second team, honorable mentions, and just a lot of information. There'll be – I will the stats from 2021, the final stats – of our area leaders, will they, will they appear in Saturday's edition of the Tribune Democrat? Yes, they will. We have the entire uh, statistical package was updated uh, tediously. Uh, we also have the entire history of the Tribune Democrat all area football team listing all the uh, players of the year, the offense and defense players of the year, and all the coaches of the year. So we have that information. And we have 28 capsules of the first team selections, um, with, which has bio information and highlights of what they did throughout the year. Then obviously we have the stories for the major award winners. And, uh, you know, we, we reiterate that those people that win the major awards, they have uh, a big story. Uh, they aren't in the capsules, but, uh, you know, we try to make sure people understand that they are on the all area team. Uh, there are major winners. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's a big deal to, you know, be named to either, you know, the all-area team or to receive one of the major awards. And you look at some of the names in the past. We can name these names. Some of the names in the past who 
have gone on to do great things collegiately and professionally who weren't our major award winners, but appeared on the first or the second team of our all area squads. And, you know, this area is never short on football talent. Yeah. I mean, uh, for that, one of the stories I did, I, I was looking up and I, I thought it was really cool. In 1993, Artrell Hawkins Jr. of Bishop McCourt shared the uh, Offense Player of the Year award with Bill Benbo of Bedford. Artrell, as everybody knows, uh, follows football around here, went on to the NFL with uh, Cincinnati Bengals and Carolina Panthers and New England Patriots. Then uh, a few years later, Greater Johnstown's Lerod Stevens Howling was the Offense Player of the Year in 2003 and 2004. And, LaRod went on to a great career at uh, Pitt, and then he played for the Arizona Cardinals and briefly for the Steelers until an injury. Uh, some of the guys that played D1 in 2003, Defensive Player of the Year, Todd Koenig of Bishop Carroll, great career at Ohio University. Uh, we had Antoine Reed of Greater Johnstown. Uh, he was the uh, Offensive Player of the Year in 2007. He, he had a four-year career at Pitt and uh, uh, went to camp with the Cleveland Browns. Then uh, more recently, X Reload of Greater Johnstown in 2016, Offense Player of the Year. He just completed uh, four years at West Virginia University and contributed all four years and was a starter for much of that career. And then you have some of the guys who have gone on to great things who weren't our major award winners. Uh, Andrew Hawkins pops to mind. Had, yeah. had, a, had a long career in professional football, both in the CFL and also – in the National Football League with the Cleveland Browns and also the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, Andrew, you know, as the, uh, as the kids say, is killing it yeah. on uh, social media. And also just like any, like, if there's a screen that's talking about football, chances are Andrew Hawkins is going to be a part of it. Like Andrew has worked very hard to establish himself a very nice career outside of football while still being involved with football. Yeah, he does a great job. Uh, just recently he was inducted in the Cambria County Sports Hall of Fame, and uh, he was on the West Coast, so he couldn't be here in person, but it was so important to him that uh, he set up like what, uh, like a Zoom presentation, and it was just beautiful. It took up the whole screen on the wall of uh, Pascarella Center and just so professionally done. He had an NFL neon logo there and his Hawk logo, and uh, just – he has such great insight and a great sense of humor. I mean, some of the stuff he does on Twitter and on social media is just uh, sharp-witted humor. I mean, you just have to laugh. And as you said, he wasn't a major award winner for us because he had a couple uh, bad injuries that, like he was having a lights-out year at McCourt, and um, then he got hurt. So his numbers were – not mundane, but they weren't like the, you know, crazy big numbers. So like he was on the, uh, the team, but he wasn't a major award winner just because his season was cut short. So yeah, that's, uh, that's true uh, about him not winning the major award, but being there. And I think you, you go back uh, about 30 some odd years and, you know, refresh my memory like we, this is the 30th edition, which would have meant that the first one would have been in 1992, at least of, of this current iteration, right? Yes, and it was very, it was different in 92. Uh, Sam Ross Jr. was on the staff and he was uh, kind of the major figure there. Uh, there was only a player of the year. That was it, one player of the year. And that oh, was, wow. Yep, it was Timmy Baumgartner of Forest Hills High School. 
uh, forced okay. Bookman 10 and 1, or else 10, 1 and 1 that year. I seem to remember seeing that when I was just doing the research. Timmy was oh, yeah, he was a um, two-time All-State guy, a defensive back, but he was our player of the year. There was no offense or defense, just player of the year. And then the first coach of the year we had was John Jacoby. He led uh, Connemaw Valley to the District 6 class single weight <clears throat> title, and they beat uh, Northern Bedford in the state playoffs and lost a uh, very competitive game against Smithport in the uh, state playoffs. So Jake uh, was the first coach of the year, and then there was the uh, first team capsules. So it was a little bit of a different team, but it was a great start, and it's just been built since that year. And, you know, even since uh, my first year at the Tribune Democrat, first football season was in 2003. So there's almost 20 years in which I've had some kind of involvement with the Tribune Democrat Sports Department in some capacity. And from 2003 to 2021, like the team and the process especially has evolved. Mike talked about the tech involved to get out of coach and say, hey, I've got some time between now and whenever, you know, does this work for you? Um, but going back, you know, you've been a veteran of almost all of these teams, if not all of these teams, what is the biggest change from that first team in 92 to now? Yeah. The, the one thing that I, I just had mentioned, the fact that we, we just said, okay, here's one player and one coach. That's it. Um, I kind of like expanding it to focus on a guy on offense, guy on defense and, and the coach, and then more recently, I think, it, uh, let's see, our, it was 2016. Colin Smith of Ligonier Valley made things, you know, let's take this to a whole nother level. Colin Smith was so, you know, ahead so of just right. unbelievable stats, offense, defense, everything, that we decided, hey, let's bring back the player of the year. Because Tim Baumgartner, if you look at the list we'll run in the paper, you have nine, players of the year, 92, Tim Baumgartner. And then the next one was 2016, Colin Smith. So it kind of changed in 16. We started, <coughs> excuse me, adding player of the year again. And Colin Smith was followed by Jackson Doherty, another Ligonier guy who just did everything. Then 2018 was Brady Fife of Shade. That was a milestone year. 2019 was Caleb Burke. Everybody knows he's at New Hampshire now. Just uh, he was a do-everything guy. And then uh, last year was Mercury Swain. And Mercury Swain, 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard passer, and great defensive player. So, like, those were guys that were player of the year. So – Bringing that back in 2016, it's something I, I, I like that we've done. And it gives you a chance to spotlight more people um, that, are, that are pretty exceptional. And again, it goes back to the, the point that was made earlier. This area has rarely been short on football talent. And there are a lot of hard decisions between first and second team and second team and honorable mention. And I, it, it, it's always going to be up for debate because – you know, our opinions, our judgment may differ from the judgment of a reader or of a coach or of a player. And, you know, sometimes I, I don't think we've ever gotten a team wrong. But I do think that there, there are sometimes like where somebody's going to look at it and go, oh, my gosh, how did they miss so-and-so? Yeah, and it's an emotional thing, too. Like if you're a parent and you're looking at uh, the kid from your school, possibly your son, and you're looking at it through that lens and just saying, like, yeah, my son should be on there. And I've had people call over the years and angrily 
say, why wasn't so-and-so on and cancel subscriptions and things like that. Then you look statistically and you look at who coaches, including sometimes their own coaches and who nominates somebody or who didn't nominate somebody. And it just kind of all comes out in the wash. And that's why I am such a big believer in talking to every coach and getting this input because when somebody says, well, maybe so-and-so is not on her, I always go and look at that person's coach and see, did we miss something or, you know, and, and we're, to get an honorable mention, the general rule of thumb is two coaches have to mention you because then that eliminates like one coach nominating 30 kids and then going and telling his parents, Hey, I nominated your guy, but he didn't get on it. You know, so like an honorable mention, you need your coach and another coach for lack of a better, you know, scenario. And in the years that I would help with the phone calls, I, we've always left the door open. We always try to do it early enough. We always leave the door open in case a coach calls us back later on in the process. Hey, did I mention this player? Oh my gosh. Like how, how can I forget this? Because sometimes, you know, like you get a coach to recap their season and a lot of names are flying through their head and like maybe a name is like in their head that just doesn't come out of their mouth. Um, a couple times that I have done it, uh, Coach Jerry Page at Laurel Valley was that guy who would call me multiple times after the first initial call to make sure that he had mentioned this player or that player because he didn't want anybody to be left out. We don't want anybody to be left out either, but we, we need that coach's insight, especially when you're talking about, you know, borderline guys or honorable mention guys because, you know, with 22 teams in the coverage area, and three people in the department, that's, that's a lot of football, and that's a lot of football players that we have to go through. Yep. The and, point, yeah, the main point is we're trying to uh, recognize student-athletes, and uh, barring from a story I read about the late, great Jerry Page, you know, you want it to be positive. Uh, this is something to celebrate. And even though sometimes people might say, like, oh, you did this to – be negative. That's not the case. You know, if somebody's not on that team, it's not because somebody said, Hey, we, we don't want that guy on that team. It's just the process, you know, people nominate people, people discuss it. And then it's, it happens. So uh, there's always room as we wrote it in, in 92, I think Sam wrote it in the introduction story said, as in any case, subjective like this, there is room for uh, disagreement, you know, but, uh, but overall, you know, it's just, let's, honor people and let's be positive. And uh, for the most part, you know, the, the response is uh, positive for the most part of reaction, you know? Yeah. And I think as like, as we've gone on through the years, like our readership gets it. I think our readership understands like what we, you know, like the process that we go through and everything like that. And I think, a lot of times, like, you will get that, you know, maybe a disappointed phone call, an angry phone call, you know, some kind of an emotion because somebody was left off or maybe somebody who could have been first team was on our second team. And, you know, to have that patience to, like, explain the process, you know, kind of like what we're doing now, but, you know, we're willing to have that conversation also, you know, later uh, in the coming days, I'm sure. We don't leave anybody off to be malicious yeah that's not what we do so like if if there is an oversight it was an oversight it was not something that we did to get after somebody or get at somebody no that's not what we do but you know i had brought him up and mike had just brought him up uh, earlier this week a uh, former laurel valley coach a longtime coach at laurel valley in multiple sports uh, jerry page passed away 
at the age of 89. And I, I think it became an unofficial running theme of this year for the TV club that I, being a Laurel Valley graduate, would name drop Laurel Valley in almost every episode. And I, I think I caught it about like week four or week five that I had mentioned Laurel Valley almost every episode that se- of the season. And a lot of a lot of where I am today, because I kept stats for uh, Laurel Valley football and other sports at Laurel Valley for so many years, was because Jerry Page picked up that phone in 1993 and let a very nervous eighth grader talk to him and ask about keeping stats for the Laurel Valley football program. Uh, anybody who knows anything about football in the area, 1993 was maybe the best year to get on board with anything related to Laurel Valley football. Uh, 13-1 season, District 6 champion, Region 3 champion, Appalachian Bowl champion, and the state semifinalist. And, you know, Jerry let me be a part of that ride, you know, with a clipboard in hand, tracking the offensive stats for both teams. And the one thing about Coach Page that I think, you know, I, people outside of the area know him because he was a great football coach. And, you know, you win 206 games, you have to be somewhat good at being a football coach. Um, he won a lot of baseball games, too, in his 35 years as the baseball coach at Laurel Valley. But Jerry was somebody who, if he saw the good in you, he would push you to get that good out of you, not because it benefited him, but because it was going to serve you later in life. And with Coach Page, it didn't matter if you played on the football team, if you played on the baseball team, if you were involved with any kind of athletics or, you know, the marching band or anything at Laurel Valley, it didn't have to be at Laurel Valley. If he knew you and you wanted a chance, he would give you a chance because, again, he would see the best in you and he would want that best to come out of you. And I think every school in this area probably has that larger-than-life figure that matches Jerry Page, at least in that description, of just trying to get the best out of everybody, just trying to do what is best, not only for the school, but for the students, because it is about the students, especially any kind of athletics, because it enhances the educational experience. And Jerry was never about Jerry Page. Jerry was always about Laurel Valley. Jerry was always about the kids who wore the uniform. And you see that influence with coaches today. I mean, 13 years after Jerry Page coached his last game in 2008, there are still former members of his staff coaching. And you still have graduates at Laurel Valley. You have players who played against Jerry Page's Laurel Valley teams that are in coaching roles and prominent coaching roles. And I think that's going to be something that is going to just last for generations is the legacy of Jerry Page and the legacy of Don Bailey and a lot of our longtime football coaches, uh, Jerry Davich, uh, Sam Zamanini, who just have touched thousands of lives. So I, again, uh, Jerry, you know, passed away uh, this week at age 89. Um, our condolences go out to the Page family, uh, Greg Page, who is the coach at Homer Center High School, uh, his wife, Bonnie, uh, Jeff, uh, his daughter, Elaine, uh, his son, Scott. It's just, I mean, it's a loss for the community, but I think what Jerry gave the community, not only just at Laurel Valley and in New Florence, but just all over the area, just cannot be measured. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
talking to so many coaches yesterday and just from personal experience, uh, he was always a guy that um, made time for you and, uh, like you said, tried to get the best out of his players, his, uh, the students, and uh, he always treated us in the media with a lot of respect and, and availability and returning phone calls and just chatting when, when you got on the phone with Jerry for a pregame interview and uh, you were on there for a good half hour, 45 minutes. And a lot of it was football. A lot of it was just life in general. He was just such a nice uh, person. And I always tell this story about how, you know, he, he was described today as a gentleman, but a competitor and, and a great example of that in, in my personal experience, one of the Saturday afternoon, games in New Florence, uh, hot, beginning of the season. And uh, I was walking the sideline on the Laurel Valley sideline. And Jerry was, you know, doing his thing, like barking out orders. You know, he, he was yelling, but it wasn't like the yelling in anger. He was yelling like, you got to do this, do that, do this. Like offering encouragement, telling people what to do. And it just intense going, you know, telling people what to do. And then then he, he worked his way down silent and he came up to where I was standing with my notebook and, and pen and, and he noticed me and in the middle of, of screaming out a command, he stops, shakes my hand and a gentle voice just says, hi, Mike, thanks for coming. And then as soon as he was done with that, he started, all right, we got to cover this guy. <laughs> it was like classic Jerry. I mean, he went from super intense to super mellow to back to intense. And, uh, you know, he was just a, a great guy and he's one of those people that supported not only his players, but uh, all players in the region, all student athletes. I mean, he just the outpouring yesterday, just to hear, as you said, guys from all over this region, just so much respect and love for the man. And the one thing I will take away from Jerry, uh, you know, post football, uh, anytime that I would bump into him uh, after he retired, you know, he'd come up, he would shake my hand, like, like the first time he met me. Like it was just that very, very short, very firm handshake that Jerry had. And, you know, it's like, you know, how are things, you know, how's the family, you know, how's Melissa doing my Melissa being my sister. And like, he would ask about my grandparents uh, who raised me from, you know, a very young age. And, you know, it was just like, and he wasn't doing it to make small talk. He was genuinely interested in how everybody was doing. I mean, this man had a mental Rolodex that probably went into thousands of names and I don't think there were many people who could have passed through the halls of Laurel Valley High School who he wouldn't have recognized 10 years later. All right, well, uh, I think that was, a, uh, that was a great insight, not only into our all-area team, but just you know, some thoughts on uh, Jerry Page. The all-area team, once again, is going to be in Saturday's print edition of the Tribune Democrat and also online at tribdem.com. Uh, Mike Mastovich uh, just works so, so very hard on cobbling up all the information uh, really makes the job easier for his desk men, which uh, usually would be, be Jake Oswald and myself. Um, so, Mike, uh, any passing thoughts? Uh, this is really kind of tying the bow on the 2021 football season once we get that all-area team out. Yeah, it's just been a great year. Got to thank the coaches and uh, student-athletes again, and uh, obviously thank the Tribune Democrats staff and uh, all the people from the other papers, TV, and radio that we cover with all year. And uh, we, we've got this all-area team, and uh, we, we turn in our all-state nominations this past week as well. We nominate quite a few people. Hopefully, uh, we get some, some names on that all-state team next, uh, next week as well.
a great representation of our area, always on those All-State teams, uh, some very talented kids who have gone through uh, and got their names on that All-State team. But our All-Area team, again, this coming Saturday, in print, and also online at tripdown.com. Mike Mastovich, thank you very much for your time. Uh, you can find Mike on Twitter at Masty81. I am Sean Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at SeanCurtis430. Thanking you for listening to this special edition of the TD Club, and congratulations, you have made it to the end.